Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV, and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Hi, everyone. Welcome to With Wit. Oh, man. Okay. Where do I even begin? Remember when I told you that Timmy got hit with that insane stomach bug? Well, if you follow me on social at Whitney Eve Port, you would know that I did too. And not only did I get a stomach bug, but I got some sort of esophagitis situation from all the throwing up, which has been a nightmare. (laughs) I am trying to keep it all into perspective. Actually, literally right now I'm feeling decent and I feel good doing this. You can't control these things. These things happen. There's this nasty shit going around. All that is to say, just take care of yourselves, wash your hands a lot, eat healthy foods, all the easy things, get lots of sleep, you know, you know. So before this stomach bug situation came for me, I had an amazing conversation with my next guest, Megan Roop, who is a celebrity trainer and CEO and founder of the Sculpt Society. I've been doing her workouts. Timmy does her workouts with me. She's a new mom. We really had a lot in common with how we reacted to our pregnancies and our changing bodies and our fears. And then the postpartum phase of dealing with the quote, doing it all nature that everyone discusses that just is so ridiculous, literally getting to the point where it's ridiculous. Okay. We also got into our breastfeeding struggles and she definitely has a more recent experience with it. So it was really interesting to hear her take on it. We talked about burnout. We talked about the physical activity and exercise that we can look to for our pre and postnatal bodies. Megan's The Sculpt Society is a digital streaming fitness app designed for all levels. So she combines really simplified dance, which is super fun and which I like in a workout, dance cardio, and also light body sculpting methods to build really like that lean, strong body that we're all yearning for. The Sculpt Society app is literally guaranteed to provide 
a super fun, exciting workout each time. I was actually just watching one of Ariel Charnas's Instagram stories and she was posting a video of a dance that she did with Megan Roop and it would just look so fun and cute and easy and breezy and just something that we're all here for. So I was so excited to chat with Megan and had so much in common with her and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Here is Megan. I'm so happy that we could make this happen. I have been wanting to chat with you. We started working out a little bit together during quarantine when you were really revving up Sculpt Society and making virtual (gasps) workouts happen for people. That was craziness for you, right? I know. It was insane. It was insane. What was your business like pre-quarantine COVID? And then how did this whole COVID situation change your whole biz? Because I feel like it did. Yeah. So it was interesting. So I launched the Sculpt Society in New York in March of 2017. Mm. And at the time it was really just teaching the class in real life. I was teaching at two different incubator spaces. So meaning like lots of different trainers would come in, teach their methods. Felt really lucky that I had that opportunity to really cultivate that community in New York. Mm. And so started to you know, the classes started to get busier. I started to really lean into social media and realizing that, you know, the importance of Instagram with my business. So both were starting to grow. And then I really saw the explosion of digital fitness happening around us. Peloton was happening. Mm -hmm. You know, there was just so much that was starting to, to grow in that area. And I was feeling, you know, at the time I was teaching 10 classes a week. Just my schedule was so insane. And I thought to myself, like, how am I going to maintain this into my 40s, 50s, 60s? Like, what does that actually look like? And so I saw the opportunity to really make evergreen content in the digital space and also like be able to reach my community that isn't in New York. And so really saw that as an opportunity. So I launched the Sculpt Society app in November of 2019. Okay. So this is like right before the pandemic hit. So, you know, it was already up and running. (laughs) It was, you know, and we were able to really work out the kinks and the flow of the app and the content. And it was doing really well pre-pandemic. And then of course, you know, the pandemic hits and you have so many more people at home looking for, a routine and looking for some normalcy and some something to add into their day mm-hmm. to make it a little brighter. And for me, it was a silver lining to have the opportunity to be there as a support system for so many people who were looking for that. Totally. So you're in the midst of this craziness. You launched this in 2019 and then you get pregnant, obviously, as like <laughs> your business is just totally taking off. And some it's funny how I've talked to so many founders on here. Like a lot of them have talked about their businesses launching like at the same time as them getting pregnant and that it just like is this weird thing that happens. Like the universe kind of, I don't know, doesn't want to make it harder on you, but basically is showing you that you can actually do so much more than you thought you did. So like, were you trying to get pregnant? Did it just happen? What was that timing thing for you? Okay. So I had got, I got engaged in December of 2019 and then we had planned to get married in that September of 2020 in Mexico. Long story short, that clearly didn't happen with the pandemic, but I had, you know, to be completely transparent, I have family members, I have 
a lot of close friends who have all really struggled in their journeys to become pregnant and, you know, with fertility, fertility, you know, loss, all of that. And so I really just didn't know how long it was going to take us to get pregnant. So I knew we want, we both wanted to, you know, get married and have an, an, an ideally start a family soon, but we just didn't know how long that was going to take. Right. And then of course you throw in the pandemic and our wedding date keeps getting pushed back and forth and back and forth, depending on like the state of the world and what venues can do and not do. And so we had planned to start trying in September mm-hmm. and regardless of where that our wedding date fluctuated. So we started in September and we got married, um, in October. So I got pregnant. I was six weeks pregnant at my wedding. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I, I, so yes, we were actively trying, but I even remember, I even remember chatting with you about it and being like, how are you, like we were doing a a Zoom class and I remember being like, how do I, I want to do this, but I'm so nervous. Like, how are you, I just, the thought of adding a, a child into the mix of a, of a small business, um, you know, was, was so scary for me. So daunting. So daunting. And I felt like not a lot of women were talking about that. It it felt like as a woman, if you weren't saying that you felt like you were born to be a mother, like you somehow couldn't say anything negative totally, or or talk about your nerves around motherhood. Mm -hmm. So I felt, I felt a little isolated in those feelings, but the, once I started talking about it to other women, then I felt like my feelings were I was, I had a very common feeling towards motherhood and that a lot of women, a lot of working moms too, a lot of working women felt that way around hundred percent um, starting a family. So I remember you just telling me, listen, you're like, you will figure it out. And it, it was like the best advice because like, it's true. You just, you kind of just figure you it just, out. You know, there's, know. No- there's, there's nothing. That's the hardest part is that because our lives are so different, there's nothing, there's no formula or calculation or anything that I can tell you like of what's going to work and how you're going to make it all happen. But I also was looking at Ariel Charnas's stories yesterday and someone was asking her like how she manages it all. And she just said like, you just are in the moment and you just kind of have to make it work and evolve with the process, right? Like Mm -hmm. you don't know exactly what it's going to take to have a child. You don't know what it's going to take out of you physically, emotionally. You don't know exactly what kind of help you're going to need, where your work is going to be. But like the hard part is releasing that control because you don't know. So it's like, how can you even plan for it? It's like so impossible (sighs) to, to really, to like know how you're going to handle it until you're actually in it. And like you said, finding that support of other people that felt the same way, but also moreover, like telling yourself that it's okay to feel that way and like not judging, not judging yourself for like maybe feeling scared or maybe feeling like, Oh gosh, I don't know if I really want this. Like this is a huge sacrifice for me and my career and my identity. Like those things are real feelings that we have. And like, we shouldn't feel like bad people because of that, you know, like we're allowed to want lots of different things. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It it was really, yeah. And also I felt like, well, shoot. I also don't love being pregnant. Like well, once yeah, I got pregnant, I was like, that, yeah. <laughs> so that I really felt the same as you. So like, what was that feeling like for you? Because I physically for me, like immediately when I got pregnant, I, the nausea hit and then I hated my, my body changing. I just yeah. really felt a lack of control of what I was putting in my body. Like, what did that feel like for you? 
yeah, it's, it was strange. And I, I, you know, I don't know what my experience maybe would have been different if, if I hadn't been, you know, my job is to be in, in <laughs> teaching shape. fitness on camera, yeah. like in shape. Right. So I felt, I felt a little bit of that pressure, but I don't know. I just didn't, I, I think I had the expectation that I was going to love it. And so I didn't really think of anything else. And then when it happened, I just didn't love, yeah, like this feeling of just all of these changes really happening quite quickly mm-hmm. all at once mm-hmm. and just feeling just not, not in home at home in my body. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I had worked really hard to get into such a healthy, positive place of feeling at home in my body. And then all of a sudden this happens and it's just so many changes all at once and feeling just frustrated by that experience. Right. How do you feel like you worked yourself through it? Or do you feel like you just hated it the whole time? And then like you had the baby and just worked hard to get your body back? I think it's using the same tools in my toolbox that I, that I use now when things like arise or thoughts arise. I think it's, it's for me, the most powerful thing is that inner dialogue that you're having with yourself and, and the things you're saying to yourself about your body and that belief system. So I think really just tapping back into that and, and changing that conversation, that's always been really powerful for me. Like mantras throughout the day are really powerful. Journaling, meditating, for me, movement, like that really grounds me and gets me out of my head. I feel like a different person after I've moved my body. So I think those were the tools in my toolbox to really get me through it. And also just, you know, reminding myself, like I remind my clients all the time. Like I, it's so funny, like now going through it, realizing those clients in the past who would tell me their frustrations. I now understand it. It's like, the rational side of you is like, of course you're like, your body's growing and changing. Like you're, you're growing a human of course, right? But when you're, <laughs> when you're in it, it just feels like you just want to feel like yourself again, even in that, right. in those postpartum moments too. Right. Like you've just got, it's such a long process. You're fine. Then you finally give birth. And then it's like, it's this other chapter, this postpartum, especially those like early months postpartum. Again, you just, you're just craving to feel like yourself again. And it's just gonna, it's a longer process than you imagine it's going to be. Totally. And I feel like there's like this new weird pressure, even though you don't really want to admit it, but like there's this weird pressure to like carry a certain way. I remember with Sunny, like within my first trimester, I had already gained 30 pounds just because I was so sick that I had to keep my stomach full, but anything that I craved was just like just really bad for me, like chocolate chip bagels and hamburgers and French fries. And like, those are the only things I can stomach. So I started gaining weight really, really fast. And that also made me feel really bad about myself. And I realized now, like going into the second one, hopefully, you know, crossing my fingers, I just want to have more grace with myself about that stuff because it's really just about like survival mode. My OB said the same thing. I re- I mean, I was surviving off of like pink Starbursts in my yeah. first trimester. And yeah. I remember, st- I remember telling her that and being like, this is just so unlike me. You know, I, really, uh-huh. I, I, I eat intuitively and I crave, like, I just, that's my body craves certain foods. And she was like, listen, honey, like this is, you are in survival mode mm-hmm. and you just gotta, this is part of like the, the first trimester and, and, and you feeling bad about you, what you need to do to survive isn't, isn't going to help anything. So, totally. so just, you know, realize that. And, and I, I, I do believe that, you know, like you cross my fingers, you know, when I get to that second time around. I do think I, because I've, the first time is so new, but, but now the second, if, if yes. that second time has happened, like I will 
I will, yes, I think I will be able to give myself so much more grace just because I know I'll know what to expect a little bit more. Yeah. Like you'll have more perspective and you'll know that like you can recover in a healthy way. You know, I mean, that's what I try to tell myself. I'm like, oh, I, I, I feel, you know, four years after Sunny, like I, I really love my body right now. I'm like, I'm 37. I love my body. Like, I don't want to put it through this again, but like you also just have to believe in your body and believe that like it will, you know, you can bring yourself back to what you feel most comfortable with. Don't you feel like too, like I I know for me, the second and third trimester is super active, super healthy. I think also going into second time around when that happens, like your body's going to do what it wants to do. Do you know what I mean? Like it's going to like, you can be super active and, and, you know, really strive to continue to eat intuitively and healthy, but like it's pregnancy, like your body's going to do what it wants to do. (laughs) And just like reminding yourself that. A hundred percent. And now a word from one of our brand partners. We are slowly but surely making progress on our office renovation. It's so exciting. I was desperate to stop working from home. I was just feeling really claustrophobic. And now I am just so, so, so excited to get into that house. But I did have to make a space for myself in this house. And I don't dread it anymore, honestly, because Havenly helped me make our guest room into the cutest room ever. Havenly, if you haven't heard of it, or if you have, just so you know, it's the number one online interior design service that makes it easy to create the home you love. Right now, there's an exclusive offer to design your first room for only $99 with promo code WITHWIT at havenly.com. Can you guys believe that you could design a room for $99? It's so helpful. I really can't recommend it enough. The process was so easy and convenient. Basically, first you take an online style quiz to figure out what your vibe is, what your colors are, just like what the feeling you want is. Then you get the opportunity to share all the specific inspiration, your needs, your budget, and then you get matched with a designer that works with all of those things that you've already input. They help you create your dream room, incorporating new pieces with those you already have and love. And in the end, a whole new room to shop from directly off of Havenly. Havenly handles the ordering, the shipping, and delivery logistics for you to just sit back and relax. Visit havenly.com and use code WITHWIT at checkout to design your first room for only $99 third love. I'm so excited. I was scrolling through Instagram and was looking at their feed and was just looking at all the bras and undies that I need right now. I totally need a whole new situation. But what we are here to talk about is this classic t-shirt bra that they're making. Third love has their new 24-7 classic t-shirt bra that I'm obsessed with. Loved and worn by millions of women, it doesn't pinch or dig. The 24-7 t-shirt bra is designed to fit and form your body. Every detail is made with ultimate comfort in mind. So ultra thin, memory foam cups, those things give your boobs everyday comfort and support. Luxe straps never slip. So smoothing, it looks invisible no matter what you wear and they don't dig into your shoulders. Available in cups, 
A through I, including Third Love's exclusive half cups. When I am physically comfortable, when my underwire isn't digging into me and my bra feels like it's literally just holding things up, but I can't really feel it, I feel more confident. So when I wear my Third Love, I'm no longer distracted by what might be going on with my boobs or how it feels. They're just there and they're comfortable and they're taken care of. They have an online fitting room quiz, which helped me find the perfect size and style for me, which is just good because my size is continually changing as I'm getting older. I don't know if that's happening with you guys, but you really want to love your fit. So you can definitely take that quiz to get size. And if not, exchanges and returns are free for 60 days. Feeling is really believing. Give your boobs the 24-7 comfort and support they deserve. Upgrade your bra today and get 20% off your first order today at thirdlove.com slash withwit. That's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash withwit. And now back to my chat with Megan. You, like me, work for yourself and like are an entrepreneur. And so you manage your own schedule, right? And like whatever you yeah. get out of stuff is what you put in, which is really hard. I wouldn't have it any other way. I love the control that I have of my own schedule and I'd love to be able to dip my toe in lots of different things. But it's also, you know, you put so much pressure on yourself because yeah. it's like all about you. How, how do you kind of deal with that? I mean, transparently, I'm really, that's something I'm really working through. You know, mm. I, I, I don't have like all of the right answers for what, what works for me because at the core of who I am, like I'm truly a workaholic. And so it's been really hard for me to put those boundaries around certain things, because like you said, I do work for myself. And part of my belief system is to push and push and do more and more and more is more. Right. And so trying to change that belief system around that, that you know, I can have a start and stop time to each of my, my work days and that I do deserve one to two days off a week to just be, I think, you know, becoming a mom has really opened my eyes up to that a little bit more. And the realization that I, I need those boundaries more than ever, because I want to spend time with Harlow. But I think only in the last couple months have I started to really implement things I already know. So I've really, I've just started to, to delegate more and we've Good. started to hire inter internally <laughs> and, and really, you know, up until a couple months ago, honestly, Whitney, I was doing everything from filming to editing to, I mean, literally everything. I'm not the surprised. App I was, I'm not I was surprised. doing, Yeah, but it's not, but it, I think it's also not good because that so much time was wasted on things that I didn't need to be doing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really working on that. And I think if someone is listening and they're, they feel that, you know, as soon as you can afford help in an assistant role or whatever role it is you need to delegate so that you can elevate, it's really going to help just change like your business as well. So that's really my, my like in this 2022 is really trying to get back to the core of like, what, what am I, what is my purpose like for the Sculpt Society, that is right. really to teach classes, create content, be creative, and trying just to really get back to those specific roles and then giving myself time off to recharge. Because I do believe when I'm having more fun and I have time off, I'm then better. I'm a better mom. I'm a, be I'm a better trainer. I'm, I'm better at my job. Like 
we are human and everyone needs that time off. I will say though, like, like in those early days of, of a business owner, I do Mm -hmm. think like it does require that, that full attention. And if you are a one man show, like in those early years, that kind of is, is what you're signing up for. If, if that is the, the entrepreneur life that you're looking to, to do. A hundred percent. Like, I think that it's, it's expected to hustle and like, you're going to have to work really, really, really hard. And like you said, it's not until you can kind of afford it that you can hire that. But I, but what you said is so powerful. I think delegating in order to elevate is so, so, so important because we need to look at like what we're best at, right? Like, I sort of have felt like when I get spread too thin, it's because I'm doing a bunch of different things and I'm not really doing them well. And so I'm feeling like I'm not putting anything really like meaningful and impactful out there. It just feels like I'm just doing a bunch of different things. And so I think for us as business owners, it's so important to be like, okay, what do I do best? And like, what is most necessary for me and my role? And then like, how can I get some assistance so that this can operate at the highest level. And I think that, yeah, yeah, delegating and, and knowing that other people are capable of helping. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's with everything, like not only with our careers, but also in motherhood, what is like a typical week schedule look like for you? Honestly, I am trying to time block because the days that I'm like, okay, from X time to X time, I'm doing only emails from, so I, from tip, I mean, I'm not, I'm struggling to get to that place only because, because there is, I mean, I'm sure you feel this pressure too. It's like, not only do you have your business, but there's also social media partnerships showing up on that content. And that just takes a lot of time and content and time to create that content. So I'm really working towards two days a week. I am creating content for social that's TikTok and Instagram on top of just my normal content, but like the partnerships that go into that as well. So that I don't have to think, I think right now I'm in a, in a place where it's like, oh, well, I'm scrambling each day. I'm like, okay, well, what, what am I putting into the, on the grid today? Right. And so I really want to get to a place where it's like, okay, the week I had that planned out, I know when it's going out. And then for me, stories are supernatural. So that's just kind of in my day to day, I go live on the app twice a week. Those are, that's always like in my schedule. And then it's like always allocating time to create content for the app. Like what I'm like putting the playlist together, putting all that content out. I also have two trainers in New York, Katie and Matt, who are um, teaching the Sculpt Society on the app. So I, you know, I schedule things out for them. You know, they submit their content. I review it. So it's a lot of like behind the scenes. I think that people actually don't see that goes into creating that TSS app. Oh yeah. I, there is so much that goes into it. Like when you're getting into producing and editing and like, even with the podcast, people think that I'm just sitting here and recording this for an hour and then it's done. And it's like, yeah, there's obviously the prep. Oh yeah. There's so much that goes into it. But beyond that, like, what is your typical morning routine with your fam look like, like before work starts? Yeah. So I typically Harlow gets up around, I mean, she doesn't get, she usually wakes up around six 30, but we don't okay. get her until seven. Ooh, good job. So I, like, for instance, this morning I got up at six 30, just so I can like go downstairs, make my lemon water, make mm-hmm. my coffee, mm-hmm. you know, get ready for my day. So I will, I try and like 
like for instance, today I had a, a live on the app. So I knew I needed to like put makeup on, get my outfit dressed, all of that before 7 a.m. Yeah. So that when I go in to get Harlow, I'm ready to go and then I can spend some time in the morning. So my husband's really hands-on as well. So I'll get Harlow, I'll change her. Morgan goes and gets the bottle, then Morgan will feed her. And then we kind of just have like a fam moment in the living room for about 30 to 45 minutes um, until I then, like where we're just playing, feeding, reading her book, singing songs. Yeah. (laughs) And then, and then I go into work mode where I, you know, I'm prepping for my life. So I'm testing the mic music, getting all of my lights set up and Morgan's really taking care of Harlow until our, our babysitter gets there. This brings me to also breastfeeding. What was it like for you? Yeah, I think that was one aspect. I think I was so like focused on like getting through the birth (laughs) that like postpartum and like breastfeeding. I just didn't really like, I knew I I, I have two sisters. I knew like the early days postpartum were going to be a little rough, but I, I didn't realize both my sisters had like quote unquote easy time breastfeeding. They, they breastfed. So I didn't even realize like, uh, latching was like a something thing. that could yeah. could be an issue, yeah. and so when I just thought it was like a decision I would make that I would would want to breastfeed, and I so when Harlow yeah. didn't latch, it was like it was devastating to me because I felt I was so hormonal, and obviously at that time it's heightened emotions, lack of sleep, but I just felt you know in these early days I'm trying to feed Harlow, she's not latching, and. I feel like a quote unquote failure. Again, like I say that now and I'm like, of course I wasn't a failure. But right. in those moments when you are just, it's you just so emotional. Yeah. No. And so, you know, then I start to exclusively pump, which I hated every second of pumping and I'm not making enough milk. So, you know, to fully feed her just on my breast milk. So I start, then I switch to supplement with formula. Again, there's this added feeling of failure there, which is such a ridiculous statement Uh when I'm out of it, but when you're in it, it it feels like this failure. And so I just, those first three months of exclusively pumping just felt excruciating to me. I mean, I dealt with the same exact thing. Like I came home from the hospital with like nipples bleeding and everything and didn't realize that was going to be a thing. And then had to get formula that first night home, just because like, I could not put the put Sunny on. And then I started pumping and exclusively pumped for six months and got like messed. Yeah, I know. Got mastitis like three different times. And I look back on it and I'm just like, what the fuck was I doing? Like, why was I putting myself through that? And it's just, it just really is such a mind F and it's something that you don't really get perspective on until after. But if you're out there and you're breastfeeding right now and you're feeling like us, like this is the cue to be like, am I happy? Is this working for me? Like, is this working for our family? Like, I think you just really need to ask yourself those questions. And I don't think I was doing that. Like my priorities were different. And I think the priority needs to be like, is the family all happy? Yeah, you're yeah, I think the mother's mental health is so important. Totally. And so if you are listening and you are super unhappy, like you know, your mental health is just is is needs to to almost be the priority yes. because fed is yes. best and and there are great formulas out there and if you're unhappy doing it, it's okay to switch. Right. So you ended up did you end up do, doing like exclusively formula after a few months? 
So I wanted to get to the three months. Yeah. It was like, that was my goal. Yeah. Again, though, looking back, I was so unhappy. Yeah, it's like, why do we even have those goals? Like my original goal was a year. And then I was like, oh my yeah, my goal was a year without even knowing what went into it. Like this, the, it's just so crazy what we don't, like yeah. the expectations we put on ourselves without the actual knowledge or experience. But yeah. So much time and effort. Yeah. So I, you know, I, we then switched at three months to formula great German formula. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so she was perfectly happy on that and, and, you know, yeah, healthy kid. Totally. Okay. So getting into pre postnatal workout stuff, cause I feel like we have a lot of people out there that have questions about that. Yeah. Like, what are some good things, especially for me now going into the pregnancy, what are some, mm-hmm. some things I should be cognizant of, or like some kind of workouts like I could be doing like early on in yeah. the pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was one thing I was when I, you know, as much as I didn't love being pregnant, I was really excited to film a really robust pre and postnatal program while I was going through it myself mm-hmm. because I really felt like there wasn't a lot out there. There's not. Especially for someone, there's not. And especially for, for women out there who are super active and, and want an athletic and challenging workout throughout their pregnancy and feel up for that. So I really started filming early on and now have a first, second, third, fourth trimester postpartum program, really everything for like every stage of life and like every stage of your pre and postnatal journey I have, because I really wanted something for women to be able to do feel safe that they were doing it and, and know that it was going to help them along their, their pre and postnatal journey. So, you know, first trimester, you can really continue to do your same routine. There isn't really anything that you need to, to stop unless you're medically being told not to do something. It's really in your second and third trimester that we want to stop doing traditional core work, abs on back. We can still do some plank work. We want to elevate planks though. And then, you know, no big twisting movements. And then the most important thing that I think a lot of women aren't doing, but I do think that the conversation is starting to pick up a little bit more is understanding your pelvic floor, understanding 360 breathing and doing, start to doing that within your pregnancy so that when you get to postpartum, you know how to tap back into your pelvic floor and your core through this, this breath work. So in my pre prenatal program, I have pelvic floor and 360 breathing classes. And then I have an entire pelvic floor and core recovery program that I have women do once they get home from the hospital. That's really breath work, tapping back into that, those areas so that if you have any diastasis, mm-hmm. which we all naturally mm-hmm. do from pregnancy, we're really able to bring our, our core muscles back together. Oh, amazing. And really understand how to like strengthen and lengthen that pelvic floor. Because I think so many women think that, okay, I'm postpartum now for forever. I'm, when I jump, I'm going to pee my pants, yeah. which while it, while it's very common, it's, it's something that we, it's not normal and something that we can. Fix. Yeah. I mean, I still sort of have that feeling like <laughs> I, okay. I mean, I still feel like when I do jump, I can't do jumping jacks really like more than 10. So that feels like something that I should really yeah. yeah. Look into. Well, so yeah. I mean, even I, I get women who are like, you know, 20 years postpartum who are like, who are still feeling that way or still have a little bit of separation in their core, that diastasis. Mm. So, you know, I would say it's never too late. 
you know, that pelvic floor and core recovery program can be done anytime. It's just going to, it is slower movement, but being able to tap into that pelvic floor and understand how to strengthen and lengthen because both are equally important are really, is really going to help facilitate your other movement practices. Right. And what's 360 breathing? I've never heard of that. A lot of people call it different things, but it's really breathing through your diaphragm and understanding how to breathe through that diaphragm. So as you breathe in, you're going to breathe through your rib cage, front side, back, but you're not going to pull in like you're, you have, to, you have a corset on, you're going to allow everything to just like stay like a, bo- like no, a balloon a, in your yeah, belly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm trying. Okay. But think about the balloon in your rib cage. So expand through your rib cage as you breathe mm-hmm. in and on the exhale zip, like you have a corset on like out of my mouth. Yeah. Okay. Out of your mouth and everything zips up. So as you inhale, you release and you expand. Oh, I feel. And on yeah. the exhale, like you have a corset on. So then your ab muscles like are immediately engage. Exactly. And so those are your transverse abdominal muscles. Your, mm-hmm. I always say corset just for a visual, but yeah. that's wrapping from back to front and it can, you know, that's really helping you even throughout pregnancy. That's when people are like, oh, but I want to do core work and I'm pregnant. I'm like, well, do these pelvic floor and 360 breathing classes, because that's really going to, if you can tap into your transverse abdominals, your TVA, like I'm instructing in these videos, it's going to feel like core work. Yeah. Honestly, what's crazy is that I feel like because I've tapped into this and like learned how to really dig into my core since sunny, like my abs are even more pronounced now than I remember before having sunny. Isn't that weird? Like, I wonder if they stick out more, if there's like something that happens in pregnancy that makes them stick out more, or if I'm just like doing a better job at my ab work. (laughs) Exactly. I would say if you understand that, what I just talked through a little bit with that, then you're probably taking that breath work into your, your exercises, into your workouts. Mm -hmm. And that's giving you a better core workout. Right. Interesting. So interesting how breath work is so important in like the lengthening and the strengthening. And then of course uh, we layer in pelvic floor within that breathing, but that's, that's a whole other chapter, but we can. Right, right, right. So, okay. So then uh, people I know will work out all the way up until like they feel you know, okay. Mm -hmm. And like until their doctor stops them. And then it's pretty much average six weeks after baby that you're, you're kind of ready to get back into working out, but you should really ease back in. Right. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, again, I think it's just the lack of programs and knowledge out there. And, and really it starts with that, that initial checkup with your doctor at six, eight weeks where you get cleared. And my frustration with that is there are so much women don't know. There's just just simple education of, of, okay, your doctor's telling you you're cleared to work out and go back to quote unquote normal activity. Mm -hmm. But the truth is you're not right. We want to, we have to slowly layer back in that strength. You can't go back to like a boot camp class at 16 weeks. What? (laughs) And unfortunately that's what that green light means to a lot of women. So while you are so desperate and I understand that when you get cleared at six to eight weeks, just being desperate to feel like yourself again, you have to take it slowly. And and it's really important to work, whether it's an online program, that's a postnatal program, or just get slowly going, you know, layering in that strength with postnatal classes. Yeah. Because if you take the time to do that slow work, you know, after that six weeks of postpartum work, it's really going to help 
in the years to come because you're not going to do extra damage because, you know, we, if you go back into core work, for instance, too soon, you could Mm -hmm. exasperate your diastasis recti and make that separation even worse than it was before. If you're doing things incorrectly. Interesting. So it's really like after baby and after you get cleared, it's really all about rebuilding that foundation. Like you, you really need to work yourself back up to, to the place where you want to be. Right. That makes sense. Okay. So in terms of just quick little, I need like little snack ideas before workouts because I get, I like to work out in the morning, but I'm not like a big breakfast person, but I need something to just like keep me energized. What do you turn to? I, in the morning love like as simple as this is, but Mm -hmm. an apple and Mm -hmm. almond butter. (laughs) No, That is like my- favorite. It's super easy or even like a fruit smoothie or scrambled eggs, an avocado. It really, to me is like, if I am like, I'm really all about intuitive eating. So if I'm waking up and I am hungry, really tapping into like, what is something that will give me energy, make me feel good. And that can be something small, knowing that like after the workout, you'll have more time to have like a bigger breakfast afterwards. But those are like my go-to. So like a piece of fruit, almond butter, a fruit smoothie or, or eggs and avocado and maybe like some Ezekiel toast. Okay. That's uh, yeah. And those are all easy things that we can manage to put together for ourselves. But what is like, what does intuitive eating mean to you? So I think for so long I was yo-yo dieting and binge eating in my, in my twenties and just honestly trying every fad diet out there. And it wasn't until I really stripped all of that away and really there was no good or bad food and really just allowed myself kind of like in a childlike nature of like trusting myself again, right? Like mm-hmm. kid, kid, kids eat until they're full and right. they, they tell you when they're hungry and really just allowing myself to, to tell myself what I was that I wanted to eat and if I was truly hungry and when I was full and, and listen to those cues. And I think when you take away the notion that, oh, I can't have quote unquote carbs or, or whatever the food is, food group that you're not eating at the time, you, you end up actually craving real whole food, unprocessed food naturally, because that's going to taste better. It's going to give you more energy. It's not going to, to have any side effects. Like you're not going to feel bloated after it's like just little things like that, that your, your body is giving you naturally these cues. So I think over the years, just tapping into intuitive eating, trusting myself around food and knowing that, you know, it's, it's not like it does your food practice doesn't need to be perfect. Just like your workout practice. It's like, it's just a continued education around what it is that you, you are craving and what foods give you energy. Right. Like not putting too much pressure or restrictions on it. But like you said, taking like your opinions of what you should be eating out of it and just listening to your body and like listening to what it actually wants and needs. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Amazing. This has been so awesome. You're so easy to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) This is so fun. So fun. Where can everybody find Sculpt Society and try it? I know we're giving a code for people to try it. So yes, I've got, I've got so much. Yeah. Whether, you know, we have regular classes, of course, if you're pre or postnatal, we have the entire programs, programs for really all stages of life. You can find me at thesculptsociety.com for a free trial and 25% off your first month. You can use code WW25 at checkout. And then on Instagram, you can come say hi at Megan Roof and at the Sculpt Society. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney E. Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.